I believe the Lord has already heard and answered our prayers through this week, and many good things have happened, and are happening, and will happen. You heard about some of them. We're in faith, right? Marriages restored, and marriages saved, and marriages greatly improved and enhanced. It's happening. And of the truths that came out Monday night, Tuesday, men's night, ladies' night, it probably should be said that uh, you can take any of the truths of the Lord's Word and twist them and misapply them. Is that right? Not just the ones about marriage and husbands and wives, but any, anything that he said. How many remember the scripture where he said in Luke 10, 26, you don't have to turn to these, just uh, Jesus said, uh, asking one individual, he said, how readest thou? <laughs> when he asked him about something, how do you read that? Why would Jesus ask somebody, how do you read that? Because you can read things. Any number of different ways. Doesn't mean you're reading it right. People say, well, you know, everybody's got their own interpretation and doesn't mean it's wrong or right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's wrong and right. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I'm entitled to my belief just as much as you are. No, no, not if Jesus is your Lord. You're supposed to believe what he said. Yeah. Right? And not turn it into something he didn't say. Not change it. No, everybody's not entitled to their own opinion if Jesus is your Lord. But you can read the Word, you can listen to the Word, and you can read it wrong. And you can hear it wrong if you're not looking for the truth. If you're just looking for something to support what you want to do. Looking for a proof text to support your position. What you want to do. We shouldn't go to the word. To find scriptures to support our beliefs. We go to the word. And let the word give us our beliefs. And that's going to mean changing. Again and again. The word. If you're honest. You're going to realize. Well that's not how I've been thinking. That's not how I've been living and doing. But it's time then to change. It's time to adapt to the word. Don't water down and change and adjust the word to you. Believe God for you to be changed. To adapt to his word. And it will take faith to do that. You know Jesus also said in Luke 8.18. Take heed how you hear. So do we need to check up on ourselves? How are we reading that? How are we hearing that? Because you can hear it wrong. And you can read it wrong. Even if somebody's telling it right. You can still hear it wrong. i tell you something funny. Uh, some years ago. A fellow came up to me after the service. And he, you could tell he was hot under the collar. And he said. Uh, now you said such and such and such and such and such. And. Um, I said, no, I think you're mistaken. He said, no, no, I was there. I heard you say it. Now, let's just stop right here. How many know we already got a problem? (laughs) This is extremely disrespectful. No respect here at all. And uh, I said, no. I said, I'm pretty sure I did not say that. He said, well, no, I know you did. I said, well, they made tapes today. Go get it. 
in front of him. He said, well, I will. I'll see you tomorrow. I said, okay, I'll be here. <laughs> I was speaking every day at this place. <laughs> Next day he came back. I said, well, what about it? He said, well, <laughs> I'm going to know already. <laughs> he said, well, you, you didn't exactly say that. He said, but that's what you meant. <laughs> now he knows what I mean in my heart. But that, that's an example of hearing what you want to hear. No matter what was said, he decided this is what I said. And I didn't even say it. Well, that has happened many times. That's happened with husbands and wives. <laughs> I'm going to pause right there for effect. <laughs> has it happened with husbands and wives? It has. And Second uh, Peter 3.16 in the Amplified. You don't have to turn there. Second Peter 3.16. He said, uh, talked about Paul and some of the things God had given him that he had preached and wrote in his letters. He said, these are some things in these epistles of Paul that are difficult to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist and misconstrue to their own utter destruction, just as they distort and misinterpret the rest of the scriptures. Now, could you say it's because Paul didn't do a good job of teaching it and preaching it? No. No. But there were people that heard what he said and then just twisted it into something else. And what you, the reason you find this is because there are a lot of people that really don't care about the truth. They just want what they want. And they're looking for somebody that will tell them it's okay. And if they can't find somebody that will tell them, they'll take something somebody said and twist it till it makes it okay. But we don't want to do that. I said, we don't want to do that. We want to submit to the word. And if you'll do that, there'll be times, and I don't mean just once or twice, all through your life, you'll be hearing the word, you'll be reading the word, and you'll go, hmm, now I'm not, (laughs) hadn't been doing that. That's not how I've been thinking and operating. And you'll have a choice. Are you going to be a forgetful hearer? Or are you going to twist it into something that it's not really? Or are you just going to yield yourself and humble yourself and say, we got to change. Amen. we got to change this. Because the words, I don't care how long I believe that or if mom and daddy believe that or if grandma and grandma believe that. It wasn't right when they believed it either. Right? Because right? the word says this. So we're going to change. How many think you ought to, if Jesus is your Lord, you should give the word first place? Say it out loud. His word word is first place place in my life. life. If there's a difference difference. between what I think think. and what he said, said. I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm I'm not going to try to twist his word and change it into something he didn't say. I'm changing. And there will be times when you won't see how you can do what he told you. Or how you can get there. How you can reach it. And that's when it's time for faith. You just say Lord I'm willing. Help me to get there. I'm not going to water down your word. To match my lack of experience. Or my confusion. I'm believing you to lift me up. Lift my life and me up. To match your word. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that okay? Well, go with me then to Ephesians 5, and let's let the Word lift us some more. Ephesians, and the uh, fifth chapter, Ephesians 5 and verse 25. He said, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Keep reading. We're going to read down through several of these verses. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. Now I want you and I to camp on this phrase here. He nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. This indicates that you place a high value on it. That which you attend to and you take care of and you feed and you watch over is something that is valuable to you. Are we valuable to Jesus, to the head of the church? Does he take care of us? Is he our good shepherd? Hallelujah. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me into rich pastures. Hallelujah. My cup runneth over. Why? Because he's attentive to us. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He's given everything for us and continues to give himself. We must be valuable to him. Have you noticed one of the biggest, most perpetual lies that the devil pushes? You're not important. I don't even have to ask you if he's ever told you anything like this. You don't matter. You're not important. What you are, what you have is insignificant. And there are people, bless their hearts, they have listened to the enemy until they get to the place where they think, well, they'd just be better off without me. I wish I was dead. Maybe I'll arrange it. What is that? If you get to that place, you don't think much of yourself. You do not value yourself. You think they'd be better off without you? How much less value could you have if that's true? The devil is the despiser and the devaluer. He is constantly trying to do this to you and me. What you are, what you have, what you can do, what you're thinking, what you're saying, everything is so utterly inconsequential, insignificant, stupid, And he wants to obscure and hide and cover up the fact, the glorious truth, that God the Father and Jesus our Lord 
paid the highest price for us that has ever been paid for anything in the universe in all time and eternity. Now is God foolish? What person pays a billion dollars for a five dollar item? Only a fool would pay a billion dollars for a two dollar item. Well, did God get fooled? Did God get a bad deal? (laughs) When he paid what he paid to get you. I said, did God get a bad deal? Did he come up short when he got you? Do you know how much he paid for you? Do you know how much he paid? The Bible said in Peter, you were not redeemed. With corruptible things. Like silver and gold. Did you know there's not enough money to buy you? Am I worth more than a a billion dollars? No you're worth more than that. More than a trillion. There's not enough money. The Bible said the cost of a soul ceases forever. There is not enough money. There's not enough silver and gold. On multiple planets. To come up. With an equal value to you in God's eyes. There was only one thing that would buy you and me. What is the most valuable thing in all time and eternity? The life of God. Everything else has come out of that. Everything else is sustained by that. And the life is in the blood. And Jesus paid all of it. He gave all of his blood. And all of his life. And it wasn't just the life from a natural father. It was the life of the Almighty. And he willingly and gladly paid it to get you and to get me and he bought us somebody say I've been bought I've been, bought. I've been paid for I've been and when you say you've been paid for I mean you've been paid for nobody's ever paid as much or ever will pay as much for anything ever so when the devil comes and tries to tell you how cheap you are and how inconsequential and insignificant and how nothing you are, what should you say? What should you say? Well, if I'm so insignificant, well, if I'm so unimportant, how come? Why did the creator of the heavens and the earth pay the biggest price for me that's ever been paid for anything in all time and eternity? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you can see the devil is the despiser and where people have yielded to him and where there is darkness and no knowledge of God, people will kill each other. They'll snuff out their natural life over $100. What what kind of thing is that? Sure, they have no concept of the value of a human being, of a life of a soul. 
And one of the biggest mistakes you and I can ever make in this life is not valuing what God values. If you make that mistake, you'll make a lot of other mistakes. And it will affect your whole life course. I said one of the biggest mistakes we can ever make in this life is not valuing what God values. If he says it's important, if he says it's precious, then we should immediately begin to treat it like it is more important than all the other things he didn't say anything about. How many want your value system to be his value system? I didn't say it right. His value system to be your value system. You know what I'm talking about. Do you? Come on, pray it out loud. Say, Father God, show me. I want to see through your eyes your values to be my values. What you say is important for me to know is important. Thank you for showing me. Thank you for establishing me in it. I'm willing to change in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Keep reading there in Ephesians. When you nourish something and you cherish something. Now, the word cherish, it means different things depending on which word was translated that in the Greek. But I'm talking about our modern vernacular now. Cherish means to highly prize. If you cherish something, it's a treasure to you. It's a treasure to you. And he said that the husband is to do that with his wife, even as the Lord does that with the church. Does he cherish us? Are we a treasure to him? We are. We're the most valuable thing on the planet by far. Green religion is a lie and a satanic deception. Did you hear me? The planet is not more important than us. Did you hear me? The planet in its current state is not going to survive. It's not going to make it. Did you hear me? The very atmosphere is going to go. It's going to roll up like a scroll. I'm talking about our atmosphere. It's going to be gone. And the whole surface of the planet is going to melt. And God's going to have to restore the whole thing. So ultimately, we're not going to save the planet. But since you don't believe in global warming, I go further. I believe in global melting. Now, I'm not saying we have to see how quick we can trash it. I'm not saying that. But I am saying the earth is not our mother. And we are not just here to take care of the planet. And it is not right that a bunch of us be sacrificed so that the planet can be okay. That's a lie. It's a false religion. And it's been growing. Throughout the country and throughout the world. There's a lot of people now. They don't go to church. They don't believe in God. This is their religion. They worship Mother Earth. It's not new. It's been around for a long time. 
but it's been gaining momentum and ground. If you want to know the details of it, read Romans, the first chapter. It describes how that people think they're so smart and they're so wise and how they wind up being completely stupid and worshiping the creation rather than the creator. Just thought I'd mention that to you. Mr. <laughs> reckon you get some letters? I reckon I'll read them. <laughs> you doing okay? You doing okay tonight? Everybody happy? I want you to tell me again, what is the most important thing on the planet to God? You, me, people, people. Jesus didn't die on the cross to save the planet or to stop global warming. <laughs> Woo. I reckon somebody needs this, you know. Because really, I mean, if you're worshiping Mother Earth, you're not worshiping God. You're in trouble. You're in a bad way. And uh, we need a revelation because what, see, it's, it sounds scientific to some people, but they think, well, the, the cosmos is so huge and all of the, the stars and everything, and we are just a totally insignificant little speck on this rock, and you're wrong. No, sir, no, ma'am. God set this Cinderella zone up. Not too cold, not too hot, not too close, not too far away. That didn't just happen. You can believe it just all sprang into perfect existence by itself. That's not science. That's a belief. And it's a wrong one. Or you can believe the word. I said you can believe the word that God, hallelujah, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ created the heavens and the earth because he wanted a man and he wanted a woman and he wanted kids and he wanted families. Come on, are you listening to me? And he wanted somebody to live with him and be his family and rule and reign with him. We're not angels. I said, we're not angels. We'll judge angels. I'm quoting scripture. They're sent to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation. Am I quoting scriptures? I'm just talking about how valuable you are. And I am to him above all these other things. Far more valuable to him. And we need to let our mind be renewed so that we don't value things and stuff above what he says is valuable. Can you say amen? amen. Keep going. For we're members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. Keep going. For this cause a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now, I know Phyllis mentioned to me she dealt with a lot of questions last night and I think a few questions have been answered just during the course of the week but if you got any question that you feel like has not been answered about husbands and wives here's the answer right here the answer to every marriage question is answered in Christ and the church 
Should a husband do this? Shouldn't a husband do this? What's the answer? What does Christ do with the church? Right? Should, uh, should the wife do this? Should the wife do that? What's the answer? What's the church should do with the Lord? Do you believe this is true? Now, I know some folks don't want that to be the answer, but it is the answer. To every, uh, you can't ask a question about marriage that is not answered by that. Impossible. Any question, you may think you've got the most complex questions that have ever been asked about marriage. I'm telling you, you don't. It's answered right here. Well, it's so hard. It's so complicated. No, it's not. You may not like the answer. <laughs> but this is the answer. Say it out loud with me. Every answer, Every answer concerning, marriage concerning marriage is here, is here. with Christ in the church. See if it's not so. Keep going. Verse 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, try to get rid of any preconceptions or any old tradition or anything that you picked up that might be wrong from your parents or grandparents. Or See that he is talking about the husband and wife treasuring and valuing each other. Can you see the spirit of that in this? The husband cherishing, loving his wife, the wife reverencing her husband. Is this both of them highly valuing and treasuring each other and treating each other like that? And any version of marriage verses that you come up with that don't do that are not God. The Lord said this to me some years ago. He said, Keith, everything you teach on, if you're preaching on faith, if you're preaching on prosperity, if you're preaching on healing, everything you preach on, he said, keep one hand on love. <laughs> Why you teach it? Why you preach it? Do you know what he meant by that? It painted a picture to me. I knew instantly what he was talking What does that mean? Don't ever get off of love in any of these subjects. Why? Because you'll begin to get away from the truth. Because if it's God, it has to be love because God is love. So any version of people's, people's, how they read the scriptures, how they hear the scriptures, how they try to practice the scriptures, husbands and wives, if it results in them not treating each other as valuable and important and precious, then they got off. I said they got off. Go with me to First Peter, please. You see the same thing in First Peter here. First Peter 3, verse 4, talking about the wife. Instead of the outward all the emphasis being on the outward, let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the more ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of what? See, somewhere or another, people have missed the emphasis of these verses. They're talking about what God values and what we should value. This is to God of what? Great Value and price to him. That's what treasure, cost, actually the word honor 
means the same thing. If you honor something, it means you greatly value it. The literal words that were translated honor, they mean heavy or weighty. And back in those days, that's how you figured cost. If something was super expensive, you had to take the balance, you know, with the chains and the pan, and you had to load that side with gold or silver, right? And if it was really expensive, what was the price? Heavy. We still use that kind of language today, right? Paid a heavy price. What does that mean? A big price. A lot. We just got through talking about the big price Jesus paid for us. Well, he didn't just pay that price for you. He paid it equally for your spouse. Didn't he? You're no more valuable to him than they are. And even though uh, the man is the head of the, the home and the relationship, the Bible said in this, in this very passage, we're husband and wife are equal heirs. Everybody say equal. Equal, equal heirs. And, and in Christ, there is neither male nor female. Is that right? There's no difference in how much God values us. I'm not more valuable to him than you are, nor vice versa, nor your spouse, nor you. Did Jesus pay the same price to get them? To get you? And is he their son or daughter? Does Jesus value them greatly? Do you value them like he does? (laughs) We ran into a little hitch right there, didn't we? (laughs) Boom. Oh, I wanted to keep going, but uh, (laughs) do I value my spouse like Jesus values her? Is it okay not to, to see her or see your spouse um, much less important, less significant, less valuable than the master does. Do people treat each other badly in marriages? Oh man, you will see some of the most cruel things done to people who at one time said they'd love each other forever. Why? The only way, well you take wars for instance, the only way you can go over to a place And try to wipe out the whole people in that land. The only way you can do it. Is you have to diminish them. So that they are not. Preferably not even human. Because if they're just as valuable as you. How can you wipe them all out? So that's what the enemy. I mean are you thinking of wars that the planet has experienced? Isn't that what they did? They threw telling lies to the people. They convinced them these people are inferior to you. They don't deserve to exist on the planet. They're a disease. They're a plague. They need to be wiped out. You have to become convinced they have no value. And can you see when evil things like that happen as a result, how much more devil could it be? 
It is the destroyer. It is the deceiver. It is the liar. Well, the same thing happens in marriages. Before people are going to be mean to each other and treat each other badly, they have to devalue each other. I said they have to devalue each other. And the enemy, he brings thoughts and feelings to get you to look down on them. To get you to despise something about them. Despising is devaluing. And you don't have to be disgusted with somebody to despise them. Just failing to appreciate them is one level of despising. Do we want to not give the devil any place? Any, I mean, we don't want to listen to him. We don't want to hear anything he's got to say about our spouse. What's it to him? What's it to him? What we do want to get is how the Lord sees them. You want to pray and ask for it right now? Everybody said out loud, Father God, help me to see my spouse through your eyes to see them the way you see them, to value them the way you value them. I ask for it. I believe I receive it. I thank you for showing it to me. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're making progress. Verse 7 in 1 Peter. Let's, let's finish reading this. Verse 7. He said, Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, doing what? Doing what? What is honor? If you honor something, you treat it as important, as valuable, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together. See, that that has to do with how much you honor and value her because you know that when all the things we're talking about, she's in no way inferior to you. The people that are under me in the church, they're in no way inferior to me in their value to the Lord and, and in our inheritors of grace. If I happen to be anointed to lead in a situation, it's a privilege and a responsibility, but it doesn't make me any more valuable to him. True or not? And he said, if you don't do that, your prayers will be hindered. Now, what we've already heard, let's back up. What would hinder our prayers? Not valuing each other. If I treat Phyllis like she's not important, she treats me like I'm not important, our prayers are going to be hindered. Why? Why would our prayers be hindered? We're not in agreement with him. He doesn't see me that way. He doesn't see her that way. He wants me to see her the way he sees her. He wants her to see me the way he sees me. Right? He wants me to treat her. She's his daughter. I said, she's his daughter. (laughs) Should I be concerned about what my (laughs) father-in-law knows about how I'm treating his daughter? That he paid the biggest price for that's ever been paid in the universe. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
Now we prayed a prayer. Are you in faith about that prayer? Are you going to see some things? You may have been married to them for 40 years. And that's what you got to watch. But you're going to look at them again, maybe tonight, maybe right now during the service, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, and you're going to see something in them you've never seen before. You're going to go, wow. (laughs) And God says, that's how I see them. That's what I see. And it'll cause you to treat them differently. And what if you had husbands and wives treating each other like they were the most precious treasure in the universe. Which is what they must be. We must be because that's what God paid for us. How would that affect marriages? Before the devil can get us to treat each other bad. He's got to devalue that person in our eyes. And he is the accuser of the brethren. But it's our fault if we listen to him. He'll come and he'll whisper something about your spouse. Do you see that? Is that stupid or what? Look at that. That's disgusting. Look at that. Listen to that. Who's giving you those thoughts? Who's feeding that to you? And he'll do the same thing about you with them. Right? Don't think he's not. They're not this. And they're not that. And they did this. And you've told them a thousand times. And on and on. And on and on. And on and on. What's he trying to do? He's trying to do this. This. Come on, are you listening? This. Take them down a notch in your eyes. Take them down a notch in your eyes until they're nothing to you. And you're disgusted by them and you don't want to be around them. And it's not because it's true. It's because you're deceived. I want to remind you of how much God paid for them. Did he get a bad deal? No. Then they must be much more important and precious than you thought. That's right. Sit out loud, I refuse to listen to the liar, to listen to the deceiver, to listen to the accuser of the brethren concerning my spouse. Can you discern when it's him? It's simple. If it's putting them down, I said if it's putting them down, it's trying to diminish them some way, it's not God. It's the devil. He's tricky. He's subtle. He didn't want you to know it's him. But he'll bring thoughts and he'll bring feelings and he'll draw, try to draw your attention to something. All husbands and wives, I want you to stand up right now, please. Phyllis, would you please come? I want you to take their hand. In just a few days, one of you won't be here. This is a fact of life. If you live another 50 years or 75, it's going to come so quick. In just a few days, One of you won't be here in this life. Is this, am I telling the truth or not? So I don't want to think about that. You need to think about it. And I assure you, there's not one person when that day comes, the one remaining, living some more years on this world, there's not a one of them that's going to say, you know, I wish I had been meaner to her. 
I wish I'd have been harder with her. I wish I'd have raised my voice more often. I wish I'd have been shorter. How many stand there's not one person going to say that? Should we value our spouse? Should we treat them as important and significant? Because our time with them down here is just about that much longer. True or not? How many think we ought to live every day so we have no regrets tomorrow? How many would say that? You can't change the past, but you can do something about today and tonight and something about tomorrow, can't you? Say it out loud. Pray it out loud. Lord, help us to live the rest of our days together so that we have no regrets in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you. You can be seated. Would you like to know how to do what we're talking about? How to see them better. How to treat them better. Do I have any volunteers at all? (laughs) That made me sad. You should have already known it. How many know? I mean, now there's some exceedingly rare cases. Exceedingly rare where husband and wife go within the same few hours or same day. That's exceedingly rare. (laughs) But they happen. They do. (laughs) But either way, how many think we ought to treat each other good? Because our time is very brief down here. And what we've got left is very, very short. There's some folks that were with us last year at the marriage meeting that are not here. There'll be some folks next year. That's just the way, that's the way it is. That's life. Way of all the earth, the scripture says. Look with me in Matthew, the 13th chapter, please. Let's believe the Lord to see how to not be conformed to the world, to not be duped by the enemy, but to be enlightened. And I'm jumping ahead of myself, but to be spiritual and not carnal. You're going to Matthew 13, right? Proverbs 18:22, just hold your place in Matthew. It says, whoso finds a wife, finds what? A what? Ladies, is that right? (laughs) So husbands, when you look at your wife, what should you think? That's my good thing. (laughs) And obtains favor. Why? That the Lord would give her to you. Instead of somebody else. She is precious, precious in his eyes. And you are too. Proverbs 31.10 said this. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. How valuable is a good woman? You couldn't come up with enough money 
you could never earn it. How many believe a good man is worth more than any amount of money? A good woman worth more than any amount of money? Then why would you leave each other over some money? (laughs) Huh? How how many people have run up in divorce court? Fighting over money. What was the problem they didn't even realize they had? They did not know how valuable that person was. Now, if you say, I know it, I know it, I've been trying to tell them. (laughs) You don't appreciate me. You don't appreciate, then you are missing the whole thing. It's not your job to get them to appreciate you. And if you are fixated on them valuing you, it's for sure you're not valuing them. Did you hear me? Are you sure? I'm absolutely sure. That's what the Bible says. Romans 2 says, if you judge somebody for something, you are guilty of the same thing. James says, if you judge, you're not a doer. Read Romans 1, James 4 and 5. That's what it says. If you're judging them that they don't appreciate you and don't value you, it's for sure you don't value them. No matter what you say. Why? Well, what are you focusing on? If you're focused on them not valuing you, are you focused on valuing them? No, you're not. No, you're not. What are you focused on? You're focused on them valuing you. Well, they don't, you don't appreciate me. You don't, well, you don't appreciate them. Yes, I do. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you appreciated them, you wouldn't be thinking about how much they appreciate you. You'd be thinking about appreciating them. And if you're not sowing appreciation, that would explain why you're not reaping any. The Lord's helping us. You believe it? There are some real answers here. I said there are some real answers. You don't need to be talking and focusing on how much they value and appreciate you. That's not your, how much they value you is not your job. That's their job. Precious means valuable, costly, worth a lot, rare, important, not to be lost. Did you hear that one? Not to be lost, not to be wasted, not to be treated poorly or badly. Somebody say precious. My spouse is precious. What does that mean? Now, this is such a significant word that the devil has skewed it and perverted it. Have you heard somebody say, well, isn't that precious? That's devilish. It's mocking and it's despising. Don't use the word like that. Don't use it that way. When you use the word precious, mean it. Mean it. It's valuable. It's precious. It's important. The word cherish means something very important to you. 
something very dear, something that you prize, something that you treasure. Now, Matthew 13, are you there? Matthew 13, verse 54. When Jesus was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished. And they said, whence has this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Now, anytime you hear a phrase like this guy, what do you know? By the way you refer to people gives away whether you value them or not. She's not your old lady. Oh boy. No, she's not. She's God's daughter. Is that right? And she's something. If you say about your husband, oh, that's just Keith. You know. Just don't pay any attention to him. Yeah, he's dumb as a bucket of rocks, but I, I love him, you know. He's what can I say? He's <laughs> You're in danger of losing him. You're in imminent danger of losing him. Or her. Because whatever you don't value, whatever you don't treasure, is already slipping out of your hands. There's some spiritual truths that I hadn't, I don't think I've ever taught on them like that before. But if we could get to them tonight, they are precious. They are valuable. There are some things you can do for your spouse that no other human being on the planet can do. But you'll have to embrace this and, and understand it and want to understand it. You can do things for your spouse nobody else on the planet can do. And they, they for you. But you'll have to value them. You'll have to treasure them. Jesus, keep reading, in, in his own hometown, they said, where'd this man get this? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? His sisters, they're here. You know, my brother works with his sister down at the grocery store. I mean... Who does he think he is standing up saying he's anointed? Who are they saying this about? Jesus. Jesus. Do you understand? There were people that saw Jesus, just like you and I are looking at each other right now. They heard him preach. They saw him work miracles. And they left the service going, I I just don't know about all that. True or not? And there were some people who said, no, that ain't God. Talking about Jesus. They said, no, nah, that ain't God. No, nah, that ain't God. That ain't God. And they, they thought they had scripture for it. About the Sabbath day and about where he was born, about this and that. They thought they were for sure. Did not value him at all. There were even some folk that followed him around for a while. Remember that? Until he preached the eat my flesh, drink my blood message. You remember that? Oh, and you talk about thinning the herd, buddy. I mean, <laughs> think about it. His attendance fell off by like what? Two thirds at the next meeting. We're talking about Jesus. Jesus, the head of the church. 
Because he's not walking and operating as the Almighty, as God, he's walking as a man. And because of that, you could look at him, you could hear him, and you could devalue him and go. He came unto his own. And his own did what? We don't need him. We don't need him, we don't want him. But now how did the Father value him? This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And you're going to look up and go, I don't need him. You see why I'm saying one of the most serious things you can do in this life is not value what God values. Treat is unimportant. What he says is all important. Keep reading. Verse 57, and they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, save or except where? In his own country and where else? In his own house. Where do you see the most disrespect and the most devaluing and despising in your own house? They were around him, even his own brothers and sisters, even his own mother, who wonderful woman and yet you remember as his ministry got started they showed up at the door one day wouldn't even go inside listen to the word told him to come out because they had decided he's lost it he's had a breakdown (laughs) they didn't discern who he was and what he was listen carefully because they judged him after the flesh They were carnal, and so all they saw was the natural, and did not discern the spiritual, which is by far the most important. Because this is just a few more days. Is that right? But what's inside, and what God has put in what's inside, is precious, precious. Valuable beyond what this world knows about. Can you see this? And verse 58, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Did it affect what came out of him? Did it affect what he did in their midst? Did it limit what he did? If we don't value our spouses. If we despise them, we will limit what comes out of them with us. But if we begin to discern spiritually who they are, what they are in God, deep calls to deep. Come on, are you listening to it? And if we see it in them, it'll draw it out of them. If we despise them, it'll limit them. If we treasure it, it'll draw it out of them. Is this true or not? Did what they did this day, did it affect what Jesus did in their midst? No doubt, no question. It restricted him. It limited him. 
as far as they were concerned, as far as what they're going to get from him and out of him. And if you say, yeah, I've been trying to tell them that. If you'll appreciate me more, you'll get me. Do I really need to go over it again? (laughs) If you're focused on how much they are or are not valuing you, tell me what's going on. You are not valuing them. And don't say, yes, I am, because no, you're not. No, you're not. The scripture says you're not. Can't be. Because if you were really valuing them, what would you be thinking about and talking about? Them. About them and what they are. You wouldn't be thinking about what they are or are not doing about you. It's not complicated. Everybody take a deep breath and say, thank you, Lord. Thanks be unto God who gives me the victory. <laughs> Always causes me to triumph. I'm a winner. Listen to Luke 4.22. All bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's boy? Joseph's son? See, they're not just saying, isn't this Joseph's boy? They're saying, that's all he is, is Joseph's boy. And was it true? Who, come on, tell me who they're talking about. Jesus. They're talking about who we were singing about earlier. He's everything. Is that, they were talking about the Alpha and the Omega. But when they saw him, they didn't see that. They saw Joseph's boy. They did not discern, which means to see or to perceive. They didn't discern who he was and what he was. They only saw the flesh. They only saw the outside. And what little tiny bit they knew about his natural life. So to them, no big deal. Verse 23. He said to them, Surely you'll say to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we've heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. If you're this big thing, show us. Prove it. Demonstrate to us. But is that how it works? No. People who despise get less and less and less. People who treasure get more and more and more. Verse 24. He said, verily I say to you, no prophet's accepted in his own country. Now that's actually sad. Isn't it? That you got a man of God or a woman of God in your midst, genuinely called, genuinely anointed, and you don't receive them. And so you don't get any benefit out of their ministry. That's sad. Keep going. He said, I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias when the heaven was shut up three days and six months when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, to a woman, one woman, who was a widow. Keep going. Why? One woman. The Lord had to send him out of town to find what? A woman that honored God 
and the call on this man's life. Isn't that something? How do we know she honored God? When he said, fix me a little cake first. Then we find out why God sent him there. Because she and her boy, facing starvation, obeyed the word of the Lord. Come on, is, is that right? Did she honor God? Did she honor him? And they ate good for months. Is that right? Till this thing was over. And many lepers were in Israel. God's people. That'd be like saying, in the church we attend. In our place. Many, he said, were there, but none of them got healed. Except Naaman the Syrian, a foreigner. A foreigner. Verse 27. Keep going. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, broke down and started crying and repenting and going, Oh God, we have not valued what God has sent to. No. They totally missed it again. They were filled with wrath. Why? It was true. What else is happening here? He's saying, if you don't make some serious change, this whole thing's going to pass you right by. Other people are going to get it. And you're not because you don't value it. It's not important to you. 1 Peter 2, 4. I believe we're going somewhere here. 1 Peter 2, 4 says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. What does that mean? Men threw this stone away. They said, we don't need this stone. God said, this is the stone I'm building the church on. You as living stones. Now hold on. Verse 5, he refers to us in the same phraseology. Doesn't he? Yes, he does. Jesus is the stone. We are a living stone like the cornerstone. You ever heard the phrase, chip off the old rock? (laughs) Well, that value translates too. Wherefore it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious. He that believes on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he's precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is the head of the corner. Isn't that true throughout the whole earth today? Are there millions of people who could care less about Jesus? But aren't you thankful? I said, aren't you thankful by the grace of God that your eyes and your ears and your heart is open enough to realize he is the one. He is the precious one. He is the king of kings. Aren't you thankful? Thankful that you know enough to value him for who he is. I'm not saying we know fully how valuable he is, but at least we know he's valuable. And the thing is, as far as he's concerned, If you love me, you love mine. And if you love him, you love what he loves. And you know what he loves? He loves your spouse. (laughs) Right? He loves the people in front of you and behind you and beside you right now. They are precious, precious to him. Listen to Isaiah 28, 16. Isaiah 28, 16. I'm going to read this in the complete Jewish Bible. 
He says, therefore, here's what Adonai, Elohim, says. Isaiah 28:16. Look, I am laying in Zion a tested stone, a costly cornerstone. Did you hear that word, costly? A firm foundation stone. He who trusts will not rush here and there. King James says, he that believes shall not make haste. He that trusts shall not what? Rush here and there. Listen to another translation. You begin to see something I don't know that we've gotten in the past. The Living Bible says. The Living Bible. Verse 16, Isaiah 28, 16. But the Lord God says, see, I am placing a foundation stone in Zion, a firm, tested, precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. He who believes need never run away again. What does that mean? He who believes doesn't need to go here and there. He that believes need never run away again. Why? Because where would you go? Where are you going to find something better? More important than Jesus. Why do people run here and there looking for another spouse? When you realize what you have. I said when you realize what God gave you. Who he, oh come on are y'all with me or not? When you realize who he gave you, what he gave you, you lose that push to go find something better because you know for you you're looking at better you're looking at what God oh come on what God picked out selected for you and what God has joined together come on don't let anybody split it apart and the devil knows if you live like this he will never divide you He knows that. So what's he he try to do? Lie. Bring thoughts. Diminish them in your eyes. Devalue them. Run them down. Despise them. Get you to talk about them. Get you to get over with your friends. Talk about how they did this and they did that. And isn't that dumb? And they go, yeah, I don't know why you stay with him. I don't know why you stay with her. Friend, you're listening to the devil. You're letting the devil talk right in your ear. And we're fools if we do. The very definition of a fool is one who would throw away an extremely valuable thing for a cheap thing. Running here and there, looking for something else. And all the while not knowing what you have. Is that what they did with Jesus? You know what they said? Jesus came. Jesus preached to them the prophecies. I mean from Genesis to Malachi were being fulfilled in precision in his life for anybody that had eyes to see. And if that wasn't enough, miracles, eyes open, come on, dead being raised. Is that right? And such words as you never heard in your life, such love and anointing and grace. And you know what they said? No, we're looking for somebody else. And millions are still looking for somebody else. 
We're looking for somebody else. We want something else. They saw Jesus. They heard him. And they said, no, we want something else. Is that being a fool? We don't want to do that with the people God's put in our life. Do we? Go to 1 Corinthians, please. And I'll see when we can wind this up, if it's today or tomorrow. <laughs> 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the uh, second chapter, but I want to mention a couple of verses to you while you're finding that. You go into 1 Corinthians 2, please. Why did they not see who Jesus was? Why did they not discern who was talking to them? Who they were listening to? How could they despise him like they did? How could they treat him so insignificantly and inconsequentially? They judged according to appearances and did not discern spiritually. It was, they were totally being carnal and natural and all they saw and heard was carnal and natural. And the Bible said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Come on, sit out loud. We have this treasure. This what? Is treasure valuable or not? This treasure in earthen vessels. Is the earthen vessel the treasure? No. no the treasure's in the earthen vessel. <laughs> now we live in a world that is carnal. Is that right? Which is why there is this massive global obsession with sex. And sex never has been the ultimate experience for a human spirit. Are you listening to me? And people who think so are just revealing how little they know of God. Or don't know Him at all. But if your only value has to do with the person's body or body parts, then your fixation is on the vessel. And I know there's a physical side to marriage. And they're supposed to be. The Bible talks about it. And husbands and wives are supposed to enjoy each other. And they're supposed to be good. And they're supposed to be rich. But I don't care if she or he has the absolute perfect physique. It's going to last about that long. He says, oh no, I'll be perfect forever. No, you won't. No, you won't. Our physical beings, the Bible said, are like grass. They are like a flower that blooms, and then that's it. And don't misunderstand me. We ought to try to take care of ourselves and, and please our, our spouse. But at the same time, if they're missing a few hairs or got a few extra wrinkles or a few extra pounds or a lot of extra pounds... They're more than a body. 
there's a lot more to them. And there's a lot more to you. Come on, do you believe this or not? There's a lot more to you and I. I'm not saying the physical is not important. It is important. There's a part there. But it's not all important. And if you throw away a precious treasure that God gave you to run after a body part. And you, you don't even know what's inside the vessel. And if it's not God's choice for you, you'll find out it's not a treasure. <laughs> and if you go very far, you realize these bodies are changing every day. And even if you do everything you know how to do, you're like a flower that blooms and then you get old. You can delay some things for a while, but <laughs> you're going to get old, right? And when you're 85, you're not going to look exactly like you did when you were 25. And yet, and yet, though the outward man is growing older and even decaying, the inward man is renewed. Hallelujah. And on the inside, they can be better, far better than they've ever been. Do you believe that? God will help us to sustain these bodies as long as we need them. But the treasure is on the inside. Is it true or not? Treasure is on the inside. Do you discern what's inside? How many think all of us, especially with our spouses and our children, but not only with them, with everybody. You look at the outside, you see the hair and the clothes and the this and the that. But if you're spiritual, you don't fixate on that. True or not? If you're obsessed with the outside and that's all you think about, you are carnal. You're just carnal. And you can grow up. You can change. Right? And you can see more than body parts. <laughs> and you can discern and actually begin to see what God sees. Begin to hear what He hears. Begin to detect what He has put in there, what He sees. And, and sometimes, especially with spouses, He will show you some things about them and in them good things. They don't yet see. And you can begin to talk about it and go, wow, that was, that's impressive. And they'll go, what, that? I go, yeah, yeah, that's. And even if they, and listen to me. If your spouse compliments you, don't reject it. They'll go, ah, you just saying that. You just joking with me. Did the Bible tell us to acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus? It's a part of it being developed and coming up and coming out. 1 Corinthians 2, are you there? 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. I'm reading the New American Standard and I think I'm about done. The Lord's helping us tonight. We've made some inroads. I tell you, we, we kicked the devil cross-eyed tonight. I t- <laughs> He's trying to figure out what happened. I mean, we... <laughs> First Corinthians 2.14, New American Standard. 
A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their what? Foolishness to him. He can't understand them because they are spiritually appraised. What does appraised mean? Valued. Why did they not know who was preaching to them when they said, this is Joseph's boy? Because you'd have to appraise him spiritually to know who you're talking to. And if you're completely carnal and you live, your whole life is complete immersion in this physical five sense world. This is all you know. This is all you're aware of. Then the son of God could be standing in front of you talking to you and you wouldn't have a clue. I don't want that. I said, I don't want that. The Lord actually said to me years ago, he said, most of this earth, most of the people on this planet are either dead or asleep. He's talking about spiritually, isn't he? If you hadn't been born again, you're spiritually dead. And even if you have been born again, if you're not aware, if you're not walking in the light, it's like you're dead. I mean, if you take somebody to sound asleep, lay them beside a dead person, they look just alike. They're doing the same thing. Oh, but there's a few people that are alive. I said they are alive and they are awake. They are awake, which means they are aware. Didn't he say, wake thou that sleepest, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. When you have light, what what does that do to you? You can see, you can see, you can see, you can see. This whole world is dead and asleep. And all they're aware of is what's happening on this crusty earth. And the flesh, just, just flesh, 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 and that's all it is. It's actually nauseating. There's something else going on down here. The church of the living God is down here. Hallelujah. They're born again people. They are flames of fire and light. We are the light of the world. Are we not that we're we're the light of the world? Hallelujah. The light is on. And somebody's home. I said the light is on and somebody's home and we are alive and we are awake. We are awake. We are awake. That's what's happening right now tonight. God is waking us up in our marriages. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He's waking us up. Scales are falling off eyes. Eyelids are opening up and turning and looking for the first time and not seeing flesh and not seeing past and not seeing mistakes and shortcomings, but seeing a child of the Most High God, seeing an anointed one, seeing one of the brethren of the head of the church, Jesus. Hallelujah. You prayed a prayer. I prayed a prayer. Lord, help us to see them like you do. Is he answering that prayer? It's happening right now. It'll happen tonight. It'll happen tomorrow. You don't know who they are unless and until you see them spiritually. There's a lot more to your spouse than what meets the eye. 
Said out loud, there's a lot more to me than meets the eye. There's a lot more to them, talking about your spouse, than meets the eye. I'm alive. Spiritually. spiritually. I'm awake. I'm awake. Spiritually. spiritually. I am discerning. I am discerning. Spiritually. Spiritually. Hallelujah. He said he can't understand them because they're spiritually appraised. The Amplified says they're spiritually discerned, estimated, and appreciated. Listen to today's English version. Today's English version says. Whoever does not have the Spirit cannot receive the gifts that come from God's Spirit. Such a person really does not understand them. They are nonsense to him. Because their value can be judged only on a spiritual basis. Whoever has the Spirit, however, is able to judge or discern the value of everything. But no one is able to judge or discern his value. Not everybody's going to see this. All week, what we've talked about, a lot of people are never going to do these things. Too carnal. You have to decide you're going to be spiritual to do these things. You're not going to be flesh ruled. Now, there's plenty of places you can go. They will pet your hand and cry with you. And you can tell them how mean your husband and wife is, and they'll go, that's, oh, yeah, bless your heart. You just ought to leave them. Yeah. And you can be just as carnal as the rest of the world and have the same thing the rest of the world has. And you can run from here to there, here to there, looking for it. But he that has discerned what God has given, he that believes, will not wander all over the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He knows, I got what I was looking for. Yep. I found a good thing. Oh, yeah. I got favor of the Lord. Yeah. The Lord caused our paths to intersect. Hallelujah. And just because I made a mistake or they made a mistake, it didn't change all that. It didn't throw the plan of God away. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Is that right? Because they've changed physically or I've changed physically. That didn't change all that. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.